Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. It's great to be with you today. It is another one of those amazing days where you can be blessed by another conversation with Father John Ricardo. Again, first segment of the program. And then the majority of the program, I'm going to be continuing on with my Holy Spirit series to help you experience a deeper release and empowerment with the Holy Spirit. Today on the program, I dive into that theme of how to pray for a deeper release and empowerment with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, I'm excited. Let's get started in just a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I just pray for everybody that's listening, everyone that is listening, whenever they're listening, Lord, it is a right now moment of grace in their lives whenever they're hearing this program. Lord, I pray that you would stand with each of them at their point of deepest need. I have a sense that I'm supposed to pray for people and their work circumstances their work situations. And so, Lord, I do pray for that. I pray for each and every dear brother and sister in Christ who is listening right now that they would experience a sense of your nearness and, Holy Spirit, your anointing, your power to be at work in their lives, watching over, blessing, and protecting them, taking care of them. Lord Jesus, we do love you. We love you for who you are, all that you've done for us. Lord, I ask that you would truly grant grace and mercy. I ask that you'd remove obstacles. I pray for uh, obstacles to blessings, obstacles to favor, obstacles to uh, new open doors for financial blessings, Lord our God, for those who are struggling to find ways to uh, to get work, to uh, grow in their careers, to grow in their capacity to provide for their families. I do pray for them, Lord. And I pray for those who are discerning, how do I take care of my family in the midst of challenging circumstances? I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give wisdom and courage, wisdom, Lord, to know what to do and the courage to take action and do it. Lord, we don't take that for granted. We don't take for granted your graces, your mercy. And so we say thank you. We thank you in advance for all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you in advance for all that you will open up in front of us this day. <coughs> and we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, great program in store for you. In just one minute, I'm going to be uh, turning it over to <coughs> excuse me, Father John Ricardo and give him a chance to tackle another challenging question. I enjoyed that so much, and, and he said, oh, let's do another one of these, which so I'm really thrilled about that. And to be able to serve that up to you, I think that's a real gift, uh, and like little bits over the course of many shows. All right, let's dive into Father Ricardo, and then after that, we're going to go to the Holy Spirit. So you and I 
We uh, attended the same major seminary for several years, North American College, Gregorian University. Uh, question about omission and inclusion. So I'm going to ask you about the most serious omission and the most important inclusion regarding your time in the seminary. So what would you say was not taught? This is the most serious omission. What would you say was not taught in the seminary that now looking back 30 years ordained that ought to have been taught? What was not taught that ought to have been taught? And then what was the most important inclusion? What happened in the seminary that was so significant that it has forged in you what it was you've needed to live out your mission faithfully. So the most serious omission, what wasn't taught that ought to have been taught, and the most important inclusion, what was it that happened in your seminary formation that has forged in you the gifts and graces you've needed to be faithful to live your mission today? Great question. So I say oftentimes when we're working with bishops and priests and lay leaders in our work, I think right now that the most serious omission was in one way or another, either implicitly or explicitly, um, I somehow got the message. Don't know that I believed it, but I, I really don't believe it now. That that we as ordained should never be vulnerable. Maybe I just say it that clearly. I, I, I don't think we were taught how to be vulnerable. I don't think we were taught the importance of vulnerability. I think we were taught and... Um, again, implicitly or explicitly, depending upon situations, um, that great leaders are vulnerable and great men are vulnerable. And, let's take let's take a look ahead. at that word vulnerable. So when I think of the word vulnerable, I think have a willingness to come out into the open with areas in their lives that are not all together, that are not all uh, in control. Uh, there's an openness to... Uh, be drawn into relationships um, beyond a functional, like, so there's not just a negative side to vulnerability, there's a positive side. So when you say taught to be vulnerable, uh, what do you mean? Yeah, so it's literally like able to be wounded, right? And so I think it means everything from um, in an appropriate way, bearing our scars. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus is vulnerable. Jesus shows his wounds. Jesus Jesus doesn't hesitate to show his wounds. Jesus doesn't hesitate to show all his emotions. Um, the Lord sweats blood. He cries over Jerusalem. He reveals his pierced heart to Thomas. Um, I What I mean when I say that is um, great leaders uh, are able to be at one of the same time. It's, yeah, strong and and genuinely human. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not saying that we should be doing therapy from the pulpit. I'll give you an example. So I was sexually abused when I was a kid. And um, I don't even know when it started. I, I remember very clearly the day it ended, but I don't, don't remember when it started. And it was from different people. I would never have thought of sharing that 30 years ago. Maybe outside of with a spiritual director. Um, I share it all the time right now. And I share it because for a lot of reasons, um, but I, th I, I think it's the, the church is in, I think, desperate need of learning how to be human again. I think that's actually one of the, one of the most fundamental 
problems in the church. We we relate, excuse me, very functionally and transactionally to one another, often. Not always, but often. And uh, you, you can't love what you don't know. And unfortunately, our, our parishes, more often than not, are so big that we can't know each other. And so it's no surprise that we often talk to each other and relate to each other the way that we do. And I think it's incumbent on those who lead to let themselves be known. That doesn't mean you got to know every intimate detail of my life, but that's how that's one of the ways I want people to know me. And I want because I, I'm I'm also, you know, um, self-knowledge hopefully helps us to grow in kind of like emotional intelligence. And so we're aware of how we come off. And I know one of the ways that I, uh, especially when I was younger, can come off is is either um, cocky or arrogant or self-assured, which actually was just a, a mask for feeling woefully insecure because of what had happened to me as a child and thinking that I actually just didn't matter. So I, I masked that with, I just don't care if, I don't care what you think of me because I don't want to get hurt again. So for those, you know, who can come off that way to actually reveal, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of that. And, and in fact, this is who I really am. And we all have masks and we all have wounds and we all struggle with things. And the Lord's in the, in the business of putting us back together and of using us to help heal each other. And nobody hears all together. Uh, can be very helpful, I think. Yeah, I, I, just to confirm that. So I've been doing radio ministry for 18 years. And uh, on Fridays, my wife, Carrie, is on with me. And um, when I bump into people or people contact me in whatever form and they talk about the radio program, almost without exception, they'll say, I love your program, especially Fridays with Carrie because it's so genuine, it's so real. We are willing to disclose that this is the reality of what it is we're walking out right now, not it's all perfect and we're on the radio, therefore we're the teachers, we're up high and we'll condescend to share with you wisdom that hopefully one day you'll be able to get to where we are. And so having that sense of authenticity and genuineness is so very powerful because it makes you're a witness to a truth, not just someone who's a scholar of the truth. So yeah, I can, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm not, I'm, I'm really not interested in being a scholar of anything. I want to be conformed to him. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for the education that I have and what I've been blessed to, to learn in, in a variety of different ways, but man, I got a long, a lot still to learn. I, what I'm, what I most want, especially as the culture gets less and less human I want to try to model a way of being human. It's so essential. It's one of our apostolic values in our work. Like we give each other permission to be real. Like it's okay to not be okay. You know? So I think that's the biggest omission. All right. Let me, uh, I'm going to dive into, I'm going to share. Do you want to talk about the the greatest gift you received or a great gift? Cause I've got yeah, a bunch I, more. I'll do it real quick. Um, right. it, so it wasn't something that was, it, it was something that came it didn't come formally. It came just by being in Rome. Um, I think the biggest inclusion was the desire for magnanimity. Hmm. Um, 
being in the presence of the saints, um, quite literally in the presence of the saints, you know, in the in the remains of the relics, in the presence of John Paul, as often as we were fortunate to meet him, um, it it roused ever more in me or confirmed ever more in me um, a desire to be great for God, not for me. Um, I could give a flip if anybody ever knows my name. But I, I, I deeply believe that every person has within them a desire to be great. And, and the saints model for us what greatness looks like. Hey, welcome back to the program. Okay, so we're now going to dive into, again, this is now part six of a series of talks that I gave on growing in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today I talk about how to pray for a deeper release and empowerment with the Holy Spirit. So let's dive into that right now. Let's start with the scripture reading. This is from Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. That is why I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. And I pray that he will bestow on you gifts in keeping with the riches of his glory. May he strengthen you inwardly through the working of his spirit. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith. And may love be the root and foundation of your life. Thus you will be able to grasp fully with all the holy ones the breadth and length and height and depth of Christ's love and experience this love which surpasses all knowledge so that you may attain to the fullness of God himself. To him whose power now at work in us can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful passage from Ephesians. You know, it's a lovely passage. And it's talking about what the Father, he, St. Paul is praying that God the Father will bestow on us gifts in keeping with what we deserve. Wait a minute. That's not what it said. It said gifts in keeping with the riches of his glory. That God the Father has willed, God the Father wills, to pour forth on us riches in abundance, generously, that are associated with what? Not what we deserve, not what we've earned, not what we've figured out, not what we've somehow uh, got the secret password. No, in keeping with who he is. Who he is. And, and immediately, St. Paul references what? The Holy Spirit. In keeping with the riches of his glory, may he strengthen you inwardly through the working of going to gyms, 
They're lifting weights. If you're not laughing now, it's only going to go downhill. So you might as well laugh while you can, okay? May he strengthen you inwardly through the working of his spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, remember now, it's a big theme we've been learning all along. We don't have to figure out how to get the Holy Spirit. We've got to figure out how to let the Holy Spirit get us, right? And we got the Spirit in baptism. The Holy Spirit already has been poured forth in our lives through our baptism. And the Catechism teaches increased in our confirmation. One way that theologians describe this is that the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we would be grounded in our identity in baptism when we cry out, Abba, Father, when we come to know we're children of God, we come to that identity, and the Holy Spirit was coming in order to give us the strength for mission and confirmation. So our identity is given to us by the Holy Spirit in baptism. Our mission is given to us by this increase of the Holy Spirit in confirmation. And the Catechism again says that's our personal Pentecost. That's our personal Pentecost. That power to go forward. Now, he says that may Christ dwell in your hearts through faith and may love be the root and foundation of your life. Love, right? Last week we talked a lot about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tonight we're focused on the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God who brings his gifts, who distributes his gifts so lavishly and abundantly upon us. And how do we know that that Holy Spirit who is love in God, that Holy Spirit who is love poured into us is alive, is active, is at work, is is being operative, is operating in accord with what he wills? Well, we have a sense of it. This Holy Spirit is love will allow us to grasp fully with all the holy ones, with all the saints is the word in Greek, with all the holy ones, we'll grasp, how? We'll grasp just a little bit? Kind of, sort of? No, we'll grasp fully, what are we going to grasp? The height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of Christ's love. There's an enormity here. There's a bigness here. Do you remember what, uh, the way I described it in uh, St. Philip Neri? The too muchness of God. The too muchness of God. The, if the Holy Spirit is the living water, that was a, one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John especially, is this Holy Spirit fills us to overflowing. It's too much. There's breath, length, height, and depth. There's a stretching. There's an expansion. There's, there's a, an abundance. There's this overflow that is our inheritance. It's our inheritance. What does that mean? Well, we've been made children of God, elevated to a whole new status, children of God. That's who we are, recreated as children of God. And as children of God, it's because of the spirit within us that cries out, Abba, Father, it's that Holy Spirit that can be released within us so that we will live from love. We will live in love. We will be immersed in love. We will dwell in love. And God's love will flow through us. How does St. Paul say it? He says that 
not only will we grasp fully, like the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth of Christ's love, we will experience this love. Ooh. George, do you want to experience this love tonight? Say yes. Yes, he does. All right, let's go. Let's go. Are you getting a little nervous? Yes, you should. <laughs> if you're not nervous, you don't know what's coming. Let's go, all right? And, and honestly, here's the thing. It does make folks a bit nervous because this is not typically what we hear. We don't often hear about the Holy Spirit is love in us that is he intends to, he wills to. You don't have to guess, you don't have to wonder, you don't have to say, hmm, does this include me? No, this is the inheritance of every child of God, baptized, confirmed, every child of God. Christ intends to fill us, immerse us in love, to fill us with love. Do you know another word for fill, for immerse? Do you know another word for in, in, in Greek? If you say, what's that word for to immerse? Oh, it's baptized. So when you hear John the Baptist say, I baptize you with water, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And you've heard us use the phrase baptism in the Holy Spirit. What we're talking about is the gift of the Holy Spirit already given to us in baptism and confirmation, being released. What God intended when he poured that gift into us, allowing the Holy Spirit to operate fully. Because sadly, the reality is too many of us, when we were confirmed, weren't really thinking about it as a personal Pentecost, weren't prepared for it as a personal Pentecost, didn't have a formation that said, get ready now, what happened to them in the upper room is going to happen to you, let's get going, we're going to go forth with that fire, let's go. And so in the mystery of God's plan, there's this awakening that's happening. This awakening that has happened, really, since the Second Vatican Council, and we've talked about it, right? And it's not just a Catholic, a charismatic renewal thing. This, this, is, this, is, this is a Holy Spirit thing. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit thing. That's what this is. This is us recovering our inheritance. It's recovering our inheritance so we can live our identity as God's children. We can, we can live in that love. But really... I think one of the reasons, like, why are we here? Remember all that? Like, every time we get together every week, it's like, why are we here? Well, we're here because the challenges that face you and you and you and you and me in our own lives and in our vocations. I got five teenagers at home. <laughs> and a wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and a wife. Yeah, I've got a wife and five teenagers at home. Right? <sighs> I need prayer. I need a lot of prayer. I need, no, you know what I need? I need God's power. I need God's power. So to just wind back the tape a little bit, I want to give you a sense of this reality of praying for and experiencing the release of the Holy Spirit already given to me in baptism and confirmation. How did that happen in my life? The first place where I experienced that was in front of the Blessed Sacrament all by myself. It wasn't in a prayer meeting. I wasn't praying with other people. It was in a time of adoration. I was praying and I was seeking Jesus. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to be known by you. I want to grow to love you. Lord, I want to know you better. 
because I had been challenged in my own faith. I'd been challenged that being Catholic was even Christian at all. And I didn't have answers. And I'm like, Jesus, they're talking like they know you. I want to know you. Are you real? Please, Jesus. And by the mercy of God, the pure gift of God, Jesus, there in the Blessed Sacrament, stirred into flame, unbound the gift of the Spirit in me. And all of a sudden, it was like the, who remembers Luke 24, wrote to Emmaus, two disciples, Jesus, when he encountered them, they didn't even realize Jesus was there. But when he spoke to them about the scriptures, what did they say was their experience? Their hearts burned in them as Jesus spoke to them about the scriptures. And that's what began to happen to me as I read the Bible. My heart burned. There was this sense of fire. Ooh. A sense of fullness, a sense of love, a sense of this is this is the Lord. He he knows me and I know I'm loved by him and he loves me. And I want that for all Catholics. I want that for all followers of Jesus. And this was before I even knew of anything called prayer meetings. Isn't that kind of wild? And then I went to prayer meetings and they talked about Baptism in the Holy Spirit in Life and Spirit Seminar. And I went through that, and then I was prayed with by others. There was a priest and, and some others, and, and they prayed with us as we went through these weeks of preparation. And I, they prayed for me to experience a deeper release of the Holy Spirit given to me in Baptism and Confirmation. And it was another experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of again, what? This being immersed in, this realization, this uncovering of the Holy Spirit being set free in me. And it was much more um, uh, visible in terms of some of the manifestation of gifts of the Spirit started to come alive in me. So at first, this reality of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, this idea of, of praying for and experiencing this release of the Holy Spirit was all about coming to deeper intimacy with Jesus, knowing his love, experiencing the healing love of the Lord that he has for me and for you, for all of us. And then from there, realizing that, hey, what, what, I, what the Lord had gifted to me over there by myself, he was actually doing over here in this group of people who were consciously, intentionally seeking this and seeking to help other Catholics come to know this. St. Monica Academy, a Catholic classical high school founded in 2020 on Mercer Island, is excited to announce its fall enrollment for upcoming ninth grade students. A classical liberal arts school focused on nurturing clarity of thought and love for truth as guided by the wisdom of the Catholic Church. St. Monica Academy seeks to encourage students to pursue joy and virtue in their learning and relationships. For tours and to learn more, visit stmonicasea.org, stmonicasea.org. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com.
drtomcurran.com. So I felt this like, oh, I love Jesus. I want to tell everybody about Jesus. As a lay person back then, there were no lay laity working full time for the church, almost zero, very, very little. So I, well, I was, I'm supposed to be a priest. So I entered the seminary, spent five years in the seminary. Well, I came full of zeal. I came, oh, I'm going to enter the seminary and I'm going to be with a bunch of other guys who love Jesus. Let's go. And they're like, you are talking like this. And they did say, let's go. <laughs> right? And they walked away from me. They're like, you're, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, I love Jesus. You do too. Come on, let's pray. Let's read the scriptures. Come on, let's pray. Right? I actually put scripture, my favorite scriptures, I put them on note cards. Right? And I had this, all these note cards. I'd go through them every night, just memorizing scripture. And when I got to the seminary, I had this big, thick stack. And I'm like, well, this takes too long. So I taped them on my wall. <laughs> That's actually funny. So <laughs> in the seminary, so I had like a brick wall full of scripture quotes, right? And one day I turned, I walked in the room and there was a faculty member reading my wall and he felt like he got caught. Like, whoa. <laughs> he says, good scriptures. And he left, right? I got an A in his class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I, you know, I spent two years in Boston in the seminary, last two years of college, and then three years in Rome at the North American College. I was studying with about 80 guys in Boston in the minor seminary, and about 130 guys in Rome. And, and of the guys I was studying with right now, there are about 20 bishops among the 120 guys, 130 guys that I was studying with. About well, 20 of them are bishops or archbishops right now, and many of them hold very strong leadership positions in the church. Okay. Awesome. But when I would talk about the Holy Spirit and we would have classes and retreats and lectures and homilies, none of what I just shared with you was ever mentioned. I received an amazing theological education, pastoral formation, tremendous, brilliant people uh, in Rome, and all these talks, all these homilies, all these retreats, all these classes, all of these, the idea of seeking after and expecting and too muchness of God experience of the Holy Spirit, seeking after a deeper release of the Holy Spirit, there were about three guys with me in Rome who would fellowship with me around that. Most other guys wasn't, not my thing, not my spirituality. And I'm like, this isn't about a charismatic spirituality. This is about the Holy Spirit thing. This is about having an intimate, personal, profound relationship with the Holy Spirit and having the power of Pentecost be operative in our lives. And that was just, it wasn't something that was in the air when I was there in the seminary. So you shouldn't be surprised if there are priests and others in church leadership who find this to be foreign, find it to be difficult to understand, and it's, it's not part of their own formation. For, for many of them, we have to pray because, of course, priests and bishops love God. 
and have a, a devotion in their own way to the Holy Spirit. But this specific stream and, and, and theme and strain of this Ephesians 3, power of God. When we are missing that sense, what we can end up relying on is try harder Christianity. What does try harder Christianity look like? Scripture says today we should forgive our enemies. How are you imitating the call of Christ to forgive your enemies? Well, I'm sure if you're falling short, you know what you should do? Try harder. And so that approach, I remember when I first heard a priest talk about that. He said, we have to get beyond try harder Christianity. And I thought, wow, that's a really striking way of discussing it. But it, it strikes a chord because the Holy Spirit is the power of God. But if, if the power of God is, some, is something unfamiliar or foreign to us, then we can default to another very common statement out here in the seminary and in theology school. The sacraments are not magic. The sacraments are the power of God. The grace of God is available there, but they're not magic. You don't just go through them and they magically have something happen to you. No, there has to be faith involved. And so what are we trying to do? We're simply trying to recover faith in the gift given to us in baptism and confirmation. We're simply trying to pray that the personal Pentecost that God wills for all of his children will happen. This personal Pentecost willed for us, our inheritance, would happen in our lives. And when that happens, everything changes. You go from try harder to Wow, it's so easy. It's like this whole reality of the Lord saying to us, what you try so hard to achieve, I'm waiting to give you as a gift. What you are trying so hard to achieve, I'm waiting to give you as a gift. And so tonight I'm going to ask you to expect more from God. Expect more. Expect more than maybe you ever have. That's uncomfortable. It's a little bit foreign. Like, what's the Lord going to do if I, if I say, Lord, I, I just come before you as I am. I just open myself to you. And, and I go into the, 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 the depths of my heart, and I just give you my heart, and I just surrender it to you, and I just open. Come, 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 Holy Spirit, and just fill me to overflowing. Be released within me so who you are in my life is the one you intend to be. Come and be released within me in new ways. I say yes to you, Holy Spirit. What's going to happen to you? I don't know. Ooh, right? But who's ready for that kind of faith? And the reality is, guess what? We need that faith. The enormity of the challenges, the spiritual battles, the worldly battles, the, the way that our culture is leaving behind its roots in faith. The enormity of these challenges is so much why would we leave God's power on the sideline? Let's not leave God's power on the sideline. Let's yield fully, completely, freely. It's called docility. Let's be docile to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just 
I say yes. I say yes to you. And let's allow him to stir into flame those gifts of faith, hope, and love. The sevenfold gifts, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, right judgment, piety, fear of the Lord, courage, right? These sevenfold gifts and any other gifts that the Lord has for you, the Holy Spirit wants to release within you. Just give him permission and watch what he'll do. This idea that things become easy, you'll find that there is victory over areas where we've struggled so hard. Like, why can't I forgive? What scripture calls the anointing of God, this anointing, this power, all of a sudden just flows. And all of a sudden, I'm healed of those wounds. I'm able to forgive. I've recovered joy. I know a sense of freedom. I have a sense of confidence. I have this longing and desire to root my life in God. These are signs of the Holy Spirit set free within us. There's too little of that. Too little of that among the faithful. And yet it is our inheritance. It's already there. Remember, the gift was given, it was put in the closet. It's time that, Lord, anything you gave me in that closet, in baptism and confirmation, take it out, Lord. Open the gift. I say, I'm opening it. Let's go. That's all we're doing tonight. That's all we're doing tonight. Label it what you want. We're just simply praying. Lord, you have lavished such great gifts on us. We just want to yield to you. That's Debbie. Debbie's going to come and share her experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit or praying for a deeper release and empowerment, a deeper yielding to the Holy Spirit. What was that like for her in her life? So um, several years ago, my husband and I were in a school of prayer ministry. It was a year-long school to pray with people and, um, and for people. And so um, we had been talking about uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit for several weeks. We met like all day on Saturdays, every other week. So it seemed like a long time in between sessions. And it was going on and oh, next time, next time. And I was so excited because we talked about this, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in Isaiah, we talked about 1 Corinthians 12, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I was just, I was anxious and excited and ready. And so finally the Saturday came and, and it was beautiful and, you know, beautiful praise and worship and beautiful prayer. And, um, and, and people were, were physically showing signs of the Holy Spirit resting on them. There was, um, sometimes people would, would rest in the Spirit. There were people who were just kind of overcome with joy. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I want that, I want that, I want that. And then I was prayed over and I felt peace. I didn't feel fire. I didn't fall over. I didn't, I mean, there was, I felt peace. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was nice. But we got in the car, and I'm like, kind of disappointed. I said, I don't think it worked. <laughs> and so, what I first noticed as the days went on shortly after was an increased desire to be with God, um, an increased desire to be in prayer and to read my Bible. It was like I couldn't get up early enough to spend as much time with God as I wanted uh, before everybody else got up and then, it, you know, that quiet time went away. And so I started to notice that I just, you know, 
oh, maybe there is a little fire. You know, it wasn't it wasn't lightning, but but there is something going on. And then I started to to pray specifically. You know, Lord, what gifts? You know, um, what have you given me? What do you want to show me? And and I uh, the first time I felt like He gave me a word of knowledge was for uh, one of the teachers or leaders in the prayer ministry school, and and He told me. I, I felt like God was telling me in my prayer time, finger. I'm like, finger. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't, I mean, and I'm like, I, I'm not going to go up to him and say, hey, you know, God told me finger. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it was like I had this quickening in my heart every time I saw him that day. I'm like, you need to tell him, you need to tell him. It's Ruben, this sounds really weird, and you know, I was praying, and God told me finger, and I don't know what that means. And he held up his finger, and it was all swollen, and he had just broke it. And I said, Oh, okay, bye. He was like, No, 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 you're supposed to pray for me. I said, Okay. So ever since God continued to pour out, Yes, and it took a little courage and boldness to start to start speaking them. Uh, but as I did, they grew stronger. And then we had other experiences and times and opportunities to be prayed for for the Holy Spirit. And each time, I would say it was different. There were different things that I felt physically, and then different gifts that I saw come later. Um, but it was the same God, it was the same spirit, and and it was just what I was ready for, I think, what I was willing to give him. Um, so I just invite you to be open to whatever it is, you know, and it was going to look different for everybody. So, yeah, thank you. So... Um, hopefully what you hear in Debbie and in my experience is that this uh, Catholic reality of praying for a deeper release of the Holy Spirit is something that Jesus is the Lord of. It's he's the one who willed it. He's the one who said, you will be my witnesses throughout the ends of the earth. Oh, wait a minute. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that's Pentecost. So one of the things that will be the fruits of the Holy Spirit released within us is a desire, an even unstoppable desire, to speak about Christ in our world, in our environment, among our relationships. There'll be an eagerness, a boldness, a hunger to seek him in prayer and to speak of him in our world. How that's going to show up in terms of gifting and embracing, I just leave that in God's hands. We just want to leave that in the Lord's hands. But we are going to pray for you, for that, and pray with you. We're going to pray with you for that anointing. We're going to do it in a couple of ways. Okay, so I'm going to first just give us the, the fundamental structure of prayer. This is not, this is, this is for all prayer. It's not just for tonight. But it's a basic structure for how we pray and just basically lead you in a prayer to start. And then um, after that, we're going to move into the different rooms. We're going to have two prayer teams in the back. Um, if you're not prayed with by us, it's not as if, oh, somehow you're going to miss out. 
right? You have to be prayed with, right? It's only if you want the best gifts. <laughs> that is not right, okay? The, the, I know, right? Stay away from me. Yeah. Yeah. All the gifts come from the Father of lights, from whom every, uh, any shadow of change, James 1, 18, 19. So it, it, it's God, it's the Lord who gives his gifts. It's the Lord, Jesus, who's in our midst, who will be among us. And so in your own way, in your own desire, you pray. And a couple of beautiful prayers that I'm going to encourage you to pray. Uh, there's a prayer of St. Francis de Sales, uh, a resolution to give yourself to God entirely. And there's a beautiful prayer, um, a Jesus You Take Over prayer by Father Delindo Ruotolo. It's a very kind of famous uh, surrender novena. And so... Um, I'll encourage you to sit quietly and talk to the Lord. Jesus, please release within me the gift of Pentecost. Jesus, please release within me the gifts and graces that you've already put in, into my heart. I want to be filled with the height and depth of, of your love. I want to know and experience that love, right? So you can pray for that in your own way as you're seated. And if you feel that little nudge, that little prompting, if you're open to it, then come forward. You can come forward. You can go in the back and you can be prayed with. You might see someone already in there. You can just stand and wait. Stand and wait your turn. And then you can be prayed with as well. Okay? And um, when you come and you'll sit, one or two of you, when you sit, um, the, the people that are there, they've been trained in how to pray with people. So this is something that They've had a background in, they've had formation in, they've had training in for years or decades. So I've prayed with people for like this for since the mid-1980s. So it's been a long time. So yes, I am that old. <laughs> and in that joint desire, that, that common desire to say, Lord, please release within this dear sister or brother or couple in front of us a personal Pentecost. Release within them the inheritance that you have for them. Grant them an abundance of graces. Fill them with the too muchness of God. However it is we sense the Lord uh, leading us to pray with you. Okay? And then um, you get to leave once the flame lands on your head. <laughs> not until then. That is not what's happening, okay? We might say to you, are you sensing anything? Are you sensing peace? Are you sensing something welling up within you? And you might say, I got nothing. And that doesn't mean that nothing's happening. It might mean at that felt level, the sensible level, you're not in that space where the Lord is saying, I'm going to stir that at that level. But the Lord is at work. He longs to release within us gifts even more than we long to have them released. Ooh. He loves to pour into us gifts and graces and set up free these gifts and graces even more than we want to see that happen. He has more power for us than we even can ask for, more than we can ask or imagine. And so let's allow our good and loving Father to pour out gifts in giving with his riches, the riches of his glory. He loves us that much. Okay? So um, the structure of prayer it's not, comp it's not complicated. This is, this is a very simple structure that you can take with you beyond tonight. Okay, so where does prayer start? 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, when I lead you through the prayer, I'm going to have you follow these simple hand gestures. Okay, so when prayer begins, we begin like this with our hands in front of us. And do you know what this means? It means, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it means, I'm, you know, I, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is as I am. I am coming before you just like that, right? And then from there, with this sense of being open, with our openness, we're going to go and we're going to put our hands over our heart. Now, why? Our heart is that place of encounter, that place where the Lord dwells. And, and it's also the place of our own desires, those longings that we have in our heart. So we're going to get access to that heart of ours. And then again, just using a, like our bodies as a way of expressing what we're doing in the spirit. It's going to have you lift your hands up as a sign of giving, right? You lift them up to the Lord, right? And so just that idea of lifting up our hearts to God, I'm just going to have you open up your hands like this. And you know what this means, right? Stick them up. <laughs> Which means I give up. I surrender. And so we're going to be praying a, a surrender prayer. But do you know who else does this? None of my teenagers. But when those teenagers were one and two, pick me up. Pick me up. I want to be held in the hands, in the arms of love. I want to be welcomed into the heart of love. I, I want to know that love, Father. I want the breadth and height and length and depth. And so the hands up are not only I surrender and I give over all, but I give myself to you. And then we come back to where we started. And now, guess what? We've given over everything. So now we're empty. And because we're empty, we're also open. So now we just want to be open to let the Lord do whatever he wants to do. So, again, what did I just do? I just used simple hand gestures to bring you through a fundamental or basic structure of how we approach the Lord in prayer. Okay? So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer that takes those gestures and turns it into a personal prayer. As you feel comfortable... You can follow along. If, if you'd prefer, you can just have your eyes closed and you can just sit and allow that prayer to wash over you. Make that prayer your own to the extent that you feel comfortable. And so we begin. Father in heaven, in Jesus' holy name, we come before you with our hands open in front of us, saying that we come before you just as we are, with our questions, with our burdens, with our anxieties, with all of those things, Lord, that you know that are part of our lives, that weigh us down, hold us back, Lord, that can even overwhelm us. Lord, we come as we are. But Lord, we also now take our hands and just put them over our hearts because you know our hearts intimately. You dwell there, Lord. And sometimes I have a hard time recognizing your presence, realizing that you have power, that your Holy Spirit, you, Holy Spirit, are there within my heart. And you long to release within me gifts and graces. You have gifts and graces that you have destined for me from my baptism, from my confirmation. And you also see the longings in my heart for my family, for myself, for those that I love. You know those burdens that I carry in my heart. And so, Lord, I give you my heart now. I just lift my hands up as a sign of giving you my heart. I open my hands up and I say, I surrender to you. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I surrender to you, my heart, all that I am, all that I have, all that I love. Just give it to you. Father, I long to receive your love, that embrace, that that sense of needing your love that you've been waiting to unveil in me, waiting to disclose to me, waiting to pour into me in a depth and a dimension and to release within me a power that I've not asked for or imagined. Well, tonight I ask, I seek and I knock. Give that good gift of the Spirit because we, your children, I, your child, am coming before you. And I long to receive in the fullest measure what you are so ready, willing, and waiting to give. And so, Lord, I bring my hands back down now. For now I'm empty and I'm open. To the extent that I can, Lord, I'm open, but I don't even know how to be open to receive what you're so ready to give. And so I say, please grace me now with that openness to receive, that, to receive that gift, that, that gift of the Pentecost fire, Pentecost power, Pentecost intimacy, Pentecost nearness, a Pentecost relationship with you, O Holy Spirit. I say yes to that in accord with what you have willed for me and you have already lavished upon me. Please unleash it now. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. And to the extent that I'm stuck, I ask you to set me free, to break the bonds, remove the blockages, set me free in ways that I don't even know how to ask for. For I say to you, here I am. Here I am, Lord. You've planted me in this moment in history. And I want to be a holy witness. I want to be your saint fulfilling your mission. The reason which you've created me. I want to say yes to that. So I say, please, do it, Lord. For here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. We are your sons and daughters. And it's such a privilege to be part of what you are doing tonight. And so Jesus, good shepherd, Lord and Savior, come among us. And unbind and set free within us your Holy Spirit in brand new ways. And we make this prayer in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.